Hello, and welcome to The Funny Thing About Yoga, where we talk all things yoga and maybe make you laugh a little bit. I'm Gianna Gambino. And I'm Bradshaw Wish. Enjoy the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I'm having so much fun. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Funny Thing About Yoga. We are here today to answer some of your questions that you have submitted via voice or via text. And we are here to give us your best. We'll get, we're gonna. We're here to give you our best <laughs> answer. <laughs> oh my goodness! Spit it out. Okay, I think um, we should let everyone know though that you are shirtless in your sister's house in Portland, or not Portland, sh- in Oregon. I'm in Oregon. It's my last day here in Oregon, and uh, I'm heading back to Chicago tonight. Okay, well, and I am shirtless. I- I'm actually just in my underwear. <laughs> I wanted that point specifically to be known because we have a question that has to do with shirtlessness. <laughs> Are you ready for it? I am. Okay. So here is our first question. What is the etiquette around a man who goes shirtless and is sweating profusely, getting his sweat on the people next to him? Can you go shirtless or should you have a towel to con- contain your sweat? First of all, I just want to say, ew. <laughs> <laughs> I've been next to Okay, it. but my, here's my question though. It, is this person saying like they have a shirt on when they're sweating that much? No. Okay. So typically this happens in hot classes where obviously the heat is like cranked up to at least like 105 and I've been I've been the person next to a sweaty body who's had other people sweat like drip onto my mat and it really you know how that like checks off all of my my boxes yeah I would be like I'm discussing I'd be like I'm gonna look it up no I think I think to answer yes you can go shirtless I do believe that it's okay especially in a hot room to practice shirtless. I see it less and less these days. What about you? I, I see less shirtless people. When I, I teach one hot classes a week and I do see people take their shirts off, which I understand because it's so fucking hot um, in a hot class. I don't mind it in either class, to be honest. Um, I don't think that there's anything wrong with taking your shirt off. I don't think there's anything wrong with women practicing in bras. Like it just, it just doesn't bother me. Um, I think that that's not so much the issue. It's like, how do you contain the sweat? Which is like, you should definitely, if you're sweating that much, have something to wipe your sweat off. Yeah, have a towel for sure. If you're practicing hot yoga, you can get a mat towel, a specific mat towel. I know the company like Yogi Toes makes one that I really liked when I was practicing hot because it doesn't slip or like, you know, you can still keep your grip and it stays on your mat. So I really liked that. And I think you need an extra little sweat towel, little hand towel, be courteous. So if you're asking about etiquette, I think the etiquette would be to try to like contain (laughs) yourself. If there's, you know, more space in the room, if you know, you get sweaty, spread out. Sometimes if you can 
if you can move away from uh, from people if you're I mean if you can if you can move away say you know be like okay I'm gonna be a sweaty mess um, so I would say yes you can take your shirt off two definitely bring a towel or two towels yeah. and three do your best to you know give yourself your own space yeah and as someone who's been next to that sweaty person I've sometimes found that like I just need to move a little bit I don't care if it's <laughs> like a quarter of inch or if people think I'm rude, but like it just for my own peace of mind, <laughs> you know, it's, it's necessary, but no shame on the sweating. You were supposed to sweat in a 105 degree room or plus. So, um, yeah, we talked a lot more about hot yoga in the last Q and a we did. So I'll just leave it at that for here. Absolutely. We have, we have a second part to this question, but I wanted to put it in its own category. So this second part is, how do you handle the awkwardness of see-through yoga clothing, especially when the class has us facing each other? Well, number one, who's having you face each other? Because that's weird. I used to do that. I used to do that at one place I taught because it just made more sense for the room. Oh, because there's more room. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say do your best not to look at it. I mean, you can't say someone like, Hey, your, your clothes are see-through. Well, I'm going to tell a story and I was saving this one for, um, one of the funny stories on our podcast, but there was this one time, I think in like 2013, a real long time ago where I owned these gray Lululemon pants and I loved them. And actually Bradshaw, I was in your class. I was at CAC taking your class and I wore these gray pants and my friend, my friend came with me and he was new to yoga. So he came, uh, he wanted to be in the back of the room. I was like in the middle row and he was directly behind me. <laughs> and after class, I was like, how did you like the class? And he goes, well, aside from the fact that I saw your asshole the whole time. <laughs> It was really good. And I couldn't stop laughing, but I also was like, holy crap. I didn't know that these pants were see-through. And so now every single time I am shopping for leggings, I do a down dog in the dressing room. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, yeah, maybe people who are listening, maybe you should, you know, be bending <laughs> over in front of the mirror and just make sure that your pants are not see-through. Um, and then I sometimes think that people enjoy them see-through. Let's be serious. Yeah, but I think if you are just the viewer and or if you are just a person in the room and you don't want to be a voyeur, just don't look. Just be, be you yeah. know. Do your best. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. <laughs> Practice with a blindfold. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Or honestly, if it's like, I really appreciated having my friend tell me that. I don't think I would tell a stranger, but I knew to ne like never wear those during a yoga class again. Um, but if you, I would tell my if I, if you know the person, I would yeah. be like, hey, proceed through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think there's a way to do that respectfully um, to someone like that you're, you have. You're like they're like I, I can see your prostate through your pants, so I think that <laughs> <we> should. <laughs> Looks really healthy. <laughs> I wouldn't do that to a stranger though, would you? No. No, no, no. Okay, because like I know sometimes like there's certain etiquette like for example, 
drunk women in the restroom are so nice to each other. I mean, you don't necessarily have to be drunk, but I've been told sometimes like, oh, you have lipstick on your teeth or like, oh, you got a little whatever by like complete strangers. I'm like, thanks. Like they were looking out for me and that feels really good. But I don't know if I would do that sober (laughs) in a yoga room about clothing. Yeah, I would just, I just, you know, stay in your own lane for the majority of that kind of stuff. Just like close your eyes, pretend it's not happening. Yeah, I think so. Our simple answer is try to avoid looking. Definitely don't be creepy about it. Yeah, yeah for sure. And then if you have some familiarity, maybe let them know. And then or also- you, can, you can do what I like to do, which is during the class when it's really quiet. Be like, your pants are see-through, Betty, you know? <laughs> And then the real underlying message is stop buying see-through clothing. I know Lululemon, although they gave me that experience, they've upped their their quality. So I I think that was like a big thing around the time of like all their see-through pants and they had to like change change their quality. And then uh, doing squats, if you're like, I can't do a down dog in the dressing room, like do a squat, you'll be able to tell. So squat in the dressing room, figure it out, buy something that you know you'll feel comfortable in. And you don't even yeah. have to spend that much money. Go to TJ Maxx. I, I think you, that. yes. Thank okay. Yeah. Raj is over it. He's drinking his morning coffee. and It's so bad. I'm with my sister. I just told her, I just texted her. I had to. I'm like, this is, this, this is awful coffee. It's so bad. I love what, her, but it, it tastes like warm water. What kind of coffee did she use? You don't know. And what kind of coffee did you use? <laughs> Look, she's so pissed. She's so pissed. <laughs> now the, the entire Kaya podcast. Kyan coffee. <laughs> Kyan coffee. I mean, I don't know why. It's it, organic. It's, it's organic. organic. Maybe it just needs to be stronger. Okay. To be strong. Yeah, let me see what you put in there. I, I give me a moment, please. <laughs> <laughs> I text her. I text her. I go. I go. I love you, but this coffee is bad. Do you remember when I made coffee on the retreat, and it was like just like it was literally just like I know this is what coffee is like water grounds. It like was disgusting. We like didn't have the filter. Something crazy. Okay. I feel like a lot of the coffee though that we had in Nicaragua was good that they made. Don't you think so? Oh yeah, because they literally grow coffee everywhere in Nicaragua. So it's usually local and it's like some of my favorite coffee. I actually can't wait for it. Do you know, just side note, I haven't had coffee since the very beginning of June. It feels weird. Are you loving it? Yeah. I had to like give it up because of my anxiety or, and I don't really care for caffeine free. So I'm just like, whatever. Um, that's just a cool little side fact. I do miss it. All right. So speaking of retreats, we have a question from one of our former retreat attendees. I think you'll get a little joy out of hearing this voice. I'm surprising you. Okay, here we go. I'm going to play the question. Okay. Hey, Gianna and Bradshaw. This is Jim. One of the things I love about the podcast is that it's helped me understand better the perspective of yoga instructors and hopefully made me a better member of the broader community. I have a question with regard to the way you guys think about the design of your retreats and whether or not you have a recommendation for those of us who are attendees on how we take the experience of the retreat, particularly the yoga instruction, and use that to help develop and evolve our own ongoing practices. Thanks so much. Love you guys. 
I love him. I know. I'm obsessed. I'm literally, if, if every person could be like Jim that we teach to, we'd be in a lot of better place. One, because he goes to all of our treats. And two, <laughs> and wait, what was number two? He's a good student. He's just so sweet. We just, we just love him. He's just a great guy. Yes, he is. Um, I think the main, the main thing that I hope people take from like our teaching at the retreats is to re-inspire their practice, thanks, to re-inspire their physical practice, their meditation practice, and hopefully an opportunity to uh, incorporate some self-led practice at home. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you think we specifically do that? Is I personally think we can maybe talk more about this on retreats, like after hearing this question. But um, I agree with you. I just think, how do you feel you contribute to like that on a retreat? Well, number one, I think, I do think that we tend to incorporate a little more meditation aspects on our retreat. We do. And I think that uh, in a typical 60 minute class, I mean, I incorporate some meditation into all of my classes, honestly, but uh, I I feel that we incorporate more and there's more time on the retreat and the Mm -hmm. importance of that, the importance of slowing down, the -hmm. importance of sitting and the importance of relaxation is a huge part of it. Um, And then I think with the, the asana aspects is that we have a little more time to break things down and answer questions. And I think that that kind of, I hope, hopefully gives our students more of a, um, what's the word that I want to use? Uh, it gives students the ability to realize they should be more inquisitive about their practice and ask questions and explore. Well, we do host workshops on the retreat as well, which... Yeah provides more context and we're able to say a lot of things that go a little bit further and maybe are a little bit more technical than we do in a general like 60 minute group yoga class. But personally for me, something that I, as a retreat leader that I've been doing is I get to like connect with the students practice more in real life after the retreat because I get to know them more. I get to hear about what they're working on. I get to know what kind of uh, other physical activities they're doing or maybe previous injuries and so on. And then when I see them practicing in the regular group classes, there are certain things that I can help out with more. And it, it just helps me teach a little bit better. Now, here's the other thing when I'm teaching and the class is really full, and I think you have this experience because your classes tend to be pretty full. It's hard to do that in the group setting and not feel like you're giving someone extra special attention or like you are singling someone out. But when I have like a moderate or a smaller size class and there's someone in that class that has gone on retreats then I make it a point to go over to them and, and basically give extra cues that I know will help them out with that thing they've told me they needed help with. For, for example, I don't think uh, Joe listens to the podcast, but if you do, hello, Joe, Joe's come on like three retreats with me. And oftentimes in class, 
I will tell people, I will tell Joe, you're like, lift, lift your head a little bit in your chaturanga or whatever it is. This is just a, a brief example. So, and then after class, I'll be like, Hey, how did that feel? Like, do you, did you notice any difference? And so that's something that, um, is something we can do beyond the retreat when we have like a smaller, more intimate class size. It's very hard to do in those big classes. Cause again, we don't want to make someone feel more special than the rest. <laughs> well, I mean, really at the end of the day, we just have more time too. Yeah. Yeah. Like way, yeah. way, way more time. So, and, and more, we have more like, attention. Well, Wait, more time on not... the retreat. You mean, sorry. Yes. We're also okay. not going, we're also not going anywhere. So sometimes the conversations lead into dinner or after, or like, you know, we're all in the same spot. So it's like, we're not, we, I don't have to run to go to another class yeah, or run to go away. And what I think is something that retreat attendees can do is just tell us or whoever you're going on a retreat with, tell that teacher what it is you're working on in your practice. Are you trying to find more concentration in your meditation? Are you trying to, you know, step one foot forward with more ease, like whatever it is, whether it's physical or more, you know, subtle, let letting the teacher know and like having a conversation about it will help us help you. Absolutely. Right. So I want to condense this. I think leaving a retreat I think you could get inspired by some of the things that you've learned on there. Maybe you want to work them into your practice, whether it's a self-led practice or a group class that you go back to. Um, and if you communicate with the teacher, we can help you more one-on-one -on -one in those workshops in the retreat. And if you take our classes beyond the retreat, we'll know how to continue supporting your practice. Yeah. Did I, I just, tell, did I just like knock it out of the park? You always do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you all for listening. Before we sign off, I want to remind you to rate, review, subscribe with those five-star reviews and also subscribe to our Substack. I sent one out this week on Monday. I talked about my big move back to Chicago and I also um, put in some information about the latest film in our Funny Thing Film Club. And if you want to spend time with Bradshaw and I, Bradshaw, tell them where we are going in February. You know where we're going. Don't think oh, too hard. Nicaragua. <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, but I was like, is there something else I'm supposed to remember? Well, we but had a we... room. We had the yeah, penthouse had yeah, open yeah. up. We have a room that opened up for Nicaragua. It's the penthouse. It's a beautiful room. Jen and I stayed there before. And we would love for you to come. Yeah, so, so if we you're have... Yeah. If you're interested, contact. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you up at all. But I also want to say we have two beds available in a regular room. And then we have the penthouse, which has like 180 views of the entire ocean and the hillside. And it's beautiful. And we have some dorm beds. So I just a couple spots. I know that sounded like a lot, but I think there's like five spots between it all. Um, and so it's not too late. Check it out. Go on our website. And then if you're planning for next summer, which is really, really far away, but you should start planning because it's going to sell out. We've got about 10 spots left for a local retreat near Chicago at Starved Rock. So that's also on our website, kayayogaschool.com slash retreats. I think that's all we have, right? So far. 
Yeah. And we'll, until next if, week when we're like, we have 50 more minutes to tell no, you. No, but we <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't going to start promoting the 200 hour, but if you do want to do a 200 hour training with us, we're also doing that in 2024. So it's all on our website. You can learn a lot from us, laugh a lot with us, and just have a good time. All right. All right, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.